a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter and it's the most controversial breakup of my life, including that one time I dumped Ari so that I could start dating Matt and all my friends told me that I was being a slut. <laughs> in retrospect, who cares if I was being a slut? It was still a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, chapter 19 elf tales so you know it's gonna be a fucking good one right in which cormac mclagan knocks harry potter unconscious with a bludger gosh that's never happened (laughs) Uh, i'm your host christina my co-host today is andrew say hello to the listeners andrew i'm here under protest today this is the first time it's just it's gotten to a breaking point you invite me to the chapter that has really like three or four stories that aren't actually big enough to be a chapter and so they just throw them all together one of them includes quidditch one of them's about like oh yeah my friendly slave that i can use and his helpful <laughs> friend and then another one is just like oh we're going recover in the hospital together just like buddies do it, it's fucked up andrew you know that i bring on people to the worst chapters I bring on people that I enjoy talking to. Because <laughs> uh, we're not going to get down to business. Well, then I, 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 I will lower myself from being here under protest to being here under duress. <laughs> okay. Duress sounds okay, so much worse. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> um, I didn't make him, but I didn't not make him. Exactly. Our co, uh, no, our guest today is a new guest. It's been so long since we've had a new guest on the show, and I'm so excited. It's our friend Jay. Say hello to the listeners, Jay. Hello to the listeners. Jay is a friend of the pod, and um, we're really excited to have you on the show. Thanks. I am really glad to be here. Before we go any further, what are your pronouns? They, them. Perfect. Love it. What is your history with Harry Potter? Oh, uh, well, I am a bit of an elder millennial. And the books mm-hmm. first started coming out when I was learning to drive. So you could do your own math and figure it out how old I am now. <laughs> so I was oh. not the target audience when the books first came out. And I would kind of turn my nose up at it like a oh, Harry Potter. That's silly. Like for while kids. I was, yeah. While I was getting into Lord of the Rings really, really heavily. And driving. And driving. And driving. And driving. <laughs> yeah. I was so cool driving around in my mom's Lumina. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have to look up what the Lumina looks like. What the hell is that? Oh, it's the longest 90s car. Like, imagine a long oh. 70s car, but yeah. yeah, something from the 90s. I've seen this car. You got it. Yeah, you've seen this car. It's like the car that you don't realize is a car. You don't realize it's there. <laughs> it's just like, it passes you and you have to like... It's like an NPC on the highway. And then turn your head and then look at it again and then it actually finishes passing. Yeah. It's like a train. It was marketed exclusively to criminals because like you will look at past it. You will just look right past <laughs> yeah. it. That's why, that's why I have my beige Camry. Yeah. And nobody ever noticed me in that <laughs> thing. It's there in the green Lumina. What Lumina? What are you talking about? Lumina? What? <laughs> that's not a thing. Okay, so how did you come back to Harry Potter? 
the rest of the history is after Lord of the Rings ended, I was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm looking to get into a new fandom. And some of my friends had started to talk about Harry Potter. And I think at the time Lord of the Rings ended, the second movie was already out on video. So I bought it and it was on sale. And I was like, okay, I'll just watch this. And I took it home. Then I was like, well, that's stupid. I don't even have the first one. Why don't I buy the second? Why don't I buy the first one? <laughs> So I went back and I bought the first one and then I watched both of them in a weekend. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. So That's incredible because I think that those two movies would be kind of hard to watch without the nostalgia because the acting is so bad. <laughs> it was Ch Child acting, not strong. It must have been the newness of it. And yeah, early 2000s me wasn't exactly critical or aware of what a child actor should be. I was just kind of like, oh, I guess this is it. I guess it's easy to be like, well, all kids are idiots. So, well, and that would also be the peak time that like, it's hard to describe to people that weren't there for it, but early two thousands, it was a black hole to like get sucked into the Harry Potter fandom. Like it was, everyone was randomly falling in and it was hard to find people that were like actively resisting it. Right. So like, I, I can definitely see a scenario where it's like, well, I, I could get into it's It's not even like you necessarily like it, but you're like, <laughs> I could like not hate this. I could do that. I, I feel like all my friends who are readers, like as like a lifestyle choice, read Harry Potter. And I feel like all my friends who like are not readers also didn't read Harry Potter. And like maybe they saw the movies, but like most of them like don't really care about it as much as the people who read the books care about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think I avoided the books until after the third movie, and then I read probably everything that was out at the time, which was, I think, five books. Uh, everybody's everybody's favorite, Order of the Phoenix. Well, but, I, it, okay, I do not <laughs> enjoy that book, but, I mean, when you, you, you're, it makes you so desperate for things to start happening. Like, you get to Order of the Phoenix, and you're like, there's no way they can Bojangle for another book, and they don't. <laughs> And it feels like the last third of the fourth book is like, you can't put it down, especially when you first read it. It's like, oh, yeah. God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? The fourth book is so good. Like, I have a lot of complaints about it, but it's fun as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Most it's definitely. dippity And I remember, I mean, I was, I was a, like kind of a, that, that was by twice the longest book I'd ever read in my life when it came <laughs> out. And I remember being like, I'm fucking invincible. I just read this book. <laughs> <laughs> You're just holding it up to people and shaking their face. Look what I did. Look what I did. I'm a genius. <laughs> Look what I read. I'm going to win every fight with my parents now because I'm a genius. <laughs> well, that's cool. What is your favorite Harry Potter book? Or like, has it changed from when you first read it to now? It hasn't changed. Honestly, The my favorite is the sixth book. And I know you're like just dying for somebody who hates <laughs> the sixth book. It's just so funny because... Okay, so, like, winter is coming, and I've been, like, feeling my seasonal depression coming, and I'm, like, just, like, trying really hard to remember, like, that, like, it's temporary, and it, like, goes away, and there's, like, there's ways to have fun along the way, and, like, <laughs> I don't, it's not, like, a permanent, st like, status, and I feel like going into Order of the Phoenix, it's hard to remember that there's goodness outside of this moment <laughs> it's like oh my god this is interminable this is insufferable i will never endure this <laughs> yeah it's but like then... oh yeah harry potter's fun still <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I like this one. I think there's some character development in it, and there's even some moments Finally. where you're like, wow, there, I actually feel kind of sorry for, for Voldemort, or where maybe yeah. you understand where he came from, which so. it's not fully explained. It, it, I, I don't know if you want to put this in a side discussion or whatever, but it seems put like it right now. his... It seems like his origin story is just he was born crazy, which is not my favorite since the whole theme of the book seems to be you can rise above oh my God, what that's you so were born funny. as. That's so funny because I feel like it says the opposite. I feel like the books are saying that like Voldemort went bad because nobody loved him. And that's why Harry Potter is like a good foil to Voldemort because he had the same upbringing where he was unloved and he like turned it into strength. Whereas Voldemort, it affected him and turned him evil. Well, no, no, because what happened is that with Harry, he had two people who really loved him a lot for a short amount of time, and then he became an orphan. <laughs> so he still had little drips of love, much like Dribbles morphine love. in an IV, just like little bits that would hit every so often to keep him from going bad. He had these great parents who died... That's pretty much what we're saying All great parents die young. Agreement. Agreement from the podcast. Dude, the Potters were literally like 10 years younger than me when they died. Like, do you know how much I had accomplished 10 years ago? Nothing. (laughs) Well, clearly they're 10 years younger than you because no one likes you when you're 23. And so, I mean, that's when... I'm only 20. I'm only 32. Okay, don't be dramatic. Oh, (laughs) Excuse that one more year really just adds all the trauma. <laughs> I feel like it does because 33 is when hobbits come of age, and I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yeah, but you get the big party with the tree, and you have to give presents to. We're doing that for Haley. We're doing that for Haley because she also turns 33 next year. So we're having oh, a hobbit coming of age for her, and we, I will be giving her gifts to give out. <laughs> I think we've done that before, though, Andrew. Do you remember? I gave her a basket of gifts to distribute. It was the one that Willow came to. Yeah, the, the like, couple years ago, the outside Yeah, one. in my backyard. Yeah, it was the other Lord of the Rings birthday party we threw for Haley. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous of Haley. <laughs> she gets the Definitely. best-themed parties. <laughs> she really does. Okay, Jay, what house are you? I, uh, I'm a Gryffindor. For the most okay. part, every time I take the test, I land somewhere squarely between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. And I feel like really... I've never met a Gryffindor in my life because I almost feel like they are inherently opposing ideals of like barging in without thinking and then like not barging and only thinking. Oh, I definitely barge in without thinking. I'm just like, yeah, I'll try that. <laughs> or I'll go talk to that person about this extremely sensitive subject without thinking about a tactful oh my way God. to do it first. That's but so funny. My I'm... best friend is an investigative journalist, and she has to do that literally all the time. And I think about <laughs> it constantly. I'm like, she's constantly asking people for information they don't want to give her. And she's really good at it. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. She's just that like cool. a likable bitch. But at the same time, I like learning stuff. I have been trying to learn new things in the last couple of years. and Okay. Yeah. There we go. Okay, about things cool. like philosophy and thinking deeply about things, which is a really, really asshole-ish way to talk about myself, I think. I'm but... just, like, really thoughtful. Yeah, just, exactly. Like, since the I'm unexamined really silly, life bro. isn't even worth living, right. I figured I might as well start living. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Which house has modesty most in it? That's, that's, <laughs> that's me. In, obviously. That's so funny because it's definitely Hufflepuff, but I am one of the most unmodest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> 
Okay. Before we get into the chapter, we have a very special segment that we like to call Mott's Thoughts. Yeah, you already know. I knew it. It's it's been a while since Mott sent an email, but then within a week, he emailed the restricted section and burn before reading. And yeah, so I'm just going to read this email from Mott's. Um, I don't. She I do reads not the remember. before reading one as a promo. <laughs> Wait, I like one, two. Wait, I'm gonna read you just like I'm, I'm gonna read you a selection of what Moss emailed me for Burn Before Reading, which is my other podcast. He wrote me a review in poem form. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my. Oh, I can't wait for this. I've got. I'm just gonna it. read the first stanza for the rest. You're gonna have to go listen to Burn Before Reading. Um, this review is dog shit. Reading it will leave you asking why you didn't heed your own warning and burned <laughs> before you read it. <laughs> That's how it starts. I like um, that. So, I like that. It, uh. <laughs> so go listen to Burn Before Reading because eventually we'll read that. Mott says, hello there. It's been a hot minute since I last sent in an email. Come to think of it, the last one may have actually been the re- review I sent, which is wild to me. But that's really funny because he's not talking about the burn before reading review. I think he's talking about when I asked for bad reviews of mm-hmm. the restricted section and he wrote us a really bad <laughs> review. Uh, by um, bad, it was really funny. Amazing. It was really funny. It was the only thing in my life which has ever lived up to the word stupendous. <laughs> okay. However, I finally remembered that this is something I used to do with some frequency, so I thought I'd bring it back. One, on the topic of bringing things back, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who had a visceral reaction to Tina and Leela bringing back the scrim shower joke. You could have never brought that back, and my life would have been better off for it. Shout out to Haley for being on my side here, though. (laughs) I don't know how to pronounce the name. Scrim shower is a close approximation. Scrimger. That's solid. I can't do it. (laughs) <laughs> the trick is to say scrim and then just like Britishly grunt. Oh. <laughs> like if you could if you could like imagine what Netflix would mean by like brackets indicating like subtitles saying British guttural noise. That's what you have to do. Oh my god, Scrim-ger. that's so funny. It's like at the beginning of the seventh Harry Potter movie where it's just that extreme close up of the actor's face. <laughs> Your ministry remains strong. <laughs> <laughs> he puts that pause in there. Why does he put the so dramatic. pause in there? Oh my gosh. I just finished I just finished a cup of um Drugs. I served I served I served, <laughs> I served this cock this apple cider cocktail. It was like an apple cider mimosa, and I served it at my Halloween party, and then I still had a lot left over, so I served it again at Haley's birthday party. And then there's still like a gallon of it left, which I saved in my fridge because I'm I really have a hard time getting rid of stuff. At this point she's uh, like, legally like, double um, fermented it. It is no, actually no, no. Like food specifically, like I'm like this is food. I, I I like I should consume this instead of wasting it if I can. So I just yeah. had a cup because it's an apple mimosa. And I also have Bold Rock Cider. Like, I don't know what's happening. I really don't like sweet drinks like this, but. You put out an invitation for Haley's party that said bring cider. I did. I did. Well, I bought Haley this cider and then she didn't drink it. So I think it's maybe not sweet enough for her. But anyway, her, <laughs> her leftover cocktail was very, that was, it was very sweet. <laughs> it was so sweet. I should have put a shot of whiskey in it. Are either of you drinking anything interesting? I'm having a whiskey from a whiskey. one of my favorite distilleries that I found in Lexington. Is that called neat? Because there's nothing in it. 
Yes. yes. I believe so. With no ice. Crushed it. It's neat. Crushed it. It's right. Not crushed ice. I crushed that. That's okay. Yes. Designation is approved. <laughs> Alcohol is such a crutch. He's smoking his smoking <laughs> bomb. Do you wanna do you wanna shout out the uh distillery? Uh, yeah. I, I was my brain uh, was saying brewery, but it's a distillery. Right. Uh it's the Barrel House Distillery in Lexington, Kentucky, I think is the where it is. That's awesome. Very small distillery that I have never been able to find their products anywhere than like basically right there. I took a trip through oh, yeah. and stopped through and bought a couple of bottles. So nice. Hell yeah. It's getting to, to be whiskey season. I like can't really do whiskey when it's even a little bit warm outside. Yeah. All year is whiskey season. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is. <laughs> oh, yeah. When this episode comes out, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. We don't care about that, but I just want you guys to know. <laughs> I just want you guys to know that I know what day it is. Oh, Tina, we care about it. We just don't share our opinions on it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not acknowledging. Oh, you know how I'm acknowledging it? I'm acknowledging Thanksgiving by reading An Indigenous People's History of the United States by Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz. That's how I'm celebrating Thanksgiving, and you can too. All right. Anyway, I just... I have to this, remember we're that. In the middle of, we're in the middle of Mats's email, but I got really distracted, and I just need everyone to know that I know tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Okay. Mats says two. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of whom... Fuck, I, have to, we already do, I already don't know who he's talking Oops. about. because I... I Boj. Oh, Haley. Oh, it's it's Haley. Speaking of whom, happy early when I'm writing this, but belated if when this is read on the podcast birthday, Haley. I don't know if you'll hear this, but if you do, I hope you had a fantastic one. I love you and I miss podcasting with you. Mots, that is so sweet and she will never ever hear this. She doesn't <laughs> listen to the show. Haley, Haley hates podcasts as a reminder. She absolutely hates podcasts. Wait, Her she's been on multiple shows, right? She's oh, been on like... Yeah. Uh, I think Twitter. she can tolerate podcasting. Oh, okay. I think she can tolerate that. I think there's also a part of her <laughs> that doesn't want to hear herself to the extent that, like, she's afraid. No, no, that's not what it is. From... She she won't listen to anything. Well, doesn't her phone also like not? Isn't there something where it can't? She or she's she got like an claimed, iPhone four. Yeah, and it, it's like not actually able to download podcasts without freezing. Her phone up. at one point was so bad that when we worked together, me and her Grace had to be like, Haley, if you want to keep this job, you need a better phone. I'm sorry, I that's a lot to ask you to get a better phone, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> this it, like, phone couldn't take is photos from 2008. It was it's literally so old. Number three from Mott's. The idea that Fred and George, age seven, at least if Ron is to be believed, would have successfully performed an unbreakable vow if they hadn't been interrupted is so wild to me. Do y'all remember Ron telling Harry that Fred and George tried to get him in an unbreakable vow? I feel like a spell with the power to kill you should be more difficult to perform than this. Like, I hope Ron is just an unreliable narrator in this, but it also doesn't shock me that much if this is legit. I mean, Ron's pretty un unreliable, so I'd say, yeah. <laughs> But how'd they do it without That's wands? True. Like, I think in the chapter, they, they're they like, take out your wand. Oh, no, that's a movie memory. Sorry. But I think they no, do need I, the wands. I think it's, I think they need wands. Yeah, I wonder if, like, Ron is like, they almost did it, too. But Fred and George were just, like, teasing him about it and, like, not trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess they're, but I want to remember that he says that his parents got really, really mad about it. And if there was any danger, like, any real danger... 
like you think they would not have gotten so upset about it. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's like a don't dial nine one one kind of like. <laughs> it, it, you know what I mean? Like when you're talking to a kid and you're like, I need you to know that I'm deadly fucking serious about this. You do not fuck with this. And that's why I can't have kids because I'd be yelling, "You don't fuck with this" a lot. I think. Don't attempt to kill your brother. You don't fuck with it. We're ride or die in this family, but we aren't going to have to prove it. That's our <laughs> our family motto. All right, Mott's number four. Fred and George are hot in this chapter. That's it. That's the point. <laughs> what is every Fred George uh, chapter? He's talking about the chapter where, like, I think we, it's the first time. Oh, fuck. Was it Christmas? That They're, like, dressed all dapper. And Oh, yeah, it is Christmas. And they're like, we're going to go flirt with that muggle girl in town. And they're just like... <laughs> They're just like, we're grownups now. What are you going to do about it? Oh. <laughs> okay. Mott's email item number five. I'm glad you all brought up the whole magic technology bullshit again. Like just the math. It makes no sense at all. And it pisses me off. It's almost like it was not thought out by the author. Some may even say it was what? hardly plotted. Oh. Shout out to Phil. Number six. Oh, massive shout out to Tina and Leela and most of all to Burn Before Reading. I just finished listening to the first few episodes as I started writing this and I can't tell you how excited I am about the show. It's finally here. This is my favorite item on your list, Mots. That's so kind of you. Number seven. This is the last one. Oh, this is only here to get this email up to seven points because as everyone knows, seven is the most powerful magical number. Blah, blah, blah. These were some thoughts I had on the last chapter and episode that absolutely no one asked for. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Love you all. Sincerely, Mots. Mots, you're a star. <coughs> yeah, I love you, Mots. Um, love that email. Fantastic. Okay, let's let's get into the chapter. Are you guys ready? Sure. Uh, duress. Duress. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said I'm dressed, and I was like, good for you. I you Look what I did. Look the what listeners I literally, <laughs> the listeners have no idea during any episode if we're dressed or naked. They have no, they have no way of knowing. For a second, I thought about it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> Maybe for the episode last week or the week before, the that was called Birthday Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like Hermione's helping hand? Oh. If you ever uh, decide to come on the show and get invited and record with us, you too can surprise us with nudity. Yeah, we consent. <laughs> Honestly, I consent. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's about to get dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> not from me. I said by beloved invited guests on the pod. That's not an open door for <laughs> That's not exactly anyone. a beloved guest. You have to be an exclusive sort of person. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta pay the $100 a month Patreon tier for that. <laughs> I've received a lot of dick pics in my life, solicited and unsolicited, and I feel like Am I gay or are penises just kind of whatever? But I feel like I've looked at every single one and you're just like, that's a penis. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever been like, this is a good one. This is a bad one. It's just like, that's definitely a it's penis. It's just another one. <laughs> a lot of the times it's hard at work, you know, and like the, they're Hopefully. all the same. <laughs> the, the penis is hard at work? Is that what you yeah, meant? Yeah, a lot of times okay. when... 
when penis owners have sent me pictures in the past, their penises have been hard at work uh, during, that, during that picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a questionable and downright bad decision to send a dick pic unsolicited. Definitely not. But like at the end of the day, to send a flaccid dick pic is just almost a bold statement of power. That's like, well, at that point, sometimes. it's not even dick pic. It's just art. <laughs> like cast a shadow and call it a day. Sometimes penis owners be like, here's this dick. I just came thinking about you. And so it is like a little flaccid. Okay, <laughs> and there's gems everywhere. Is... Oh. <laughs> I, um, need, anyway. I need to have a conversation with my fellow penis owners. Yeah. Um, we're going to meet out back because no one needs to hear this. This, this going to be a real sad conversation that we're going to have to have. Something needs to change. <laughs> and it's you. Uh, yeah. I did. Spoiler alert. It's you. I did date a guy in college who, well, but like we weren't exclusive. So, so <laughs> I, I learned that he was like very indiscriminately sending dick pics to like any girl he met, like very indiscriminately. And I was like, that's embarrassing proximity. I can't be with you anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's somehow worse than like multi-level marketing schemes. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, it's terrible. I guess if you cast the net so wide, <laughs> eventually Some, you'll get a bite. Someone's going to be like, wow, this is a really nice <laughs> penis. Eventually you'll get a tug. Can I touch it, please? I just want to know, has <laughs> anyone ever seen a dick pic and been like, like, fuck, yeah, like, like, That's it what worked? I'm telling you, like, Or has no. it always Whoa. just been like, uh, well, I was in the market anyways, why not just go with this one? Like... <laughs> It's got to always, anytime it's worked, it's just been timing, right? Like, there's no, like... We, we do, we have to get off dick pics. <laughs> are, as as are a society, sure? yes. Can, can... No, as a podcast. <laughs> we ha- we're, we're like 30 minutes in. Fine, we'll talk about the fucking chapter. On a dick chapter. pic tangent. Let's go. I was, Woo, wor- I was worried we weren't going to have anything to talk about this episode, and we've done a really oh, good job so far of making it so it doesn't it. matter. What do you think Lavender would react with a uh, Ron dick pic? Wan Wan. I think she would love Wan-wan. a Ron dick pic. She would love a Wan Wan pic. When mm-hmm. I was a teenage girl... I was very flattered to receive a dick pic. Also, you could I don't think you could actually really do that when I was a teenager. I was going to say, like... Think, I don't think phones were that good that yet. That feels it icky if it's just like, hey, she's 13, let me send this. Uh, no, Guys, she sent me four idea. pixels of nudity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so happy. That's how I feel when pictures pop up on my Facebook from, like, you know, 2006 or whatever. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. like... Damn, I really thought this was a photograph. It, it is not. <laughs> Nickelback instructed me to look at this photograph, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> Apparently, okay, I threw a sheep at someone back then. And <laughs> let's start the chapter, guys. I dare you to start the chapter with me. <laughs> I double dog dare okay, you. Okay, all right. Well, now I guess we have to start it. Yeah, she double dog. Okay. Guys. The Weasley kids are all in the hospital wing with Ron, including Fred and George, uh, popping up again. Um, they've been waiting for him in Hogsmeade because Ron has been poisoned twice in one day. That's not <laughs> a good day. Was, <laughs> one was non-lethal, and he recovered, and then was immediately poisoned again. And it, it was I get lethal, I guess. And Harry barely saved his life uh, by remembering a Bezor. 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 Bizarre. I think Bezor. I want to say Rickman's pronunciation in the first movie is Bezer, which 
is so much better than the sixth movie, Bizarre. That's just like yeah, like ugh, huh. gross. I think the audiobook was Bizarre. I feel like they're all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> there's no correct way to pronounce this word. There's just several like, wrong ways. Like Scrimgeour. Scrimgeour. There's not a right way. <laughs> Hermione's also there. Very poor read. Um, Molly and Arthur are also at the school. They're currently talking with Dumbledore. So they're all just talking about what happened like over and over. And they're like, is Slughorn a Death Eater? Was the poison meant for Slughorn? Was it meant for Dumbledore? Was it meant for Harry? Like, who's doing this? What's going on? Whoa. What's going on? Yet again, we have multiple children almost dying at Hogwarts. It's a completely normal year. Yeah. <laughs> Par for the course. It's about time for somebody to end up in the hospital. Like. <laughs> Katie went to St. Mungo's. Does that count as like two people <laughs> that's, in the hospital wing? Several chapters. You only that. get a half payout if your death board person dies off campus. It's not. <laughs> you still win, but it's not full payout, you know? Oh, my God. Okay, Ron, Ronald Ron. Weasley, in his sleep, says Hermione's name. Whoa! Harry's like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I have to say, the scene is so much better in it in the movie. Like, the yeah. absence of the twins sucks, because the twins are always entertaining. But the whole thing yeah. with, like, Lavender rushing in and, you know, the, the, the actress who plays Lavender in the movies just, just crushes it. it. It, she's very she really captures the spirit oh even even more than the spirit i think she just she just nails it but i think it's that's the moment where he's like Emily. It's <laughs> yeah. so everyone funny. leans in to listen to it like what did he say i love that trope in movies and books when someone mumbles something in their sleep and the person with them goes what was that and like <laughs> They're fucking asleep, bro. Like, they just happened to, like, randomly... I no, said! I yeah. <laughs> I feel like anything I've ever mumbled in my sleep has been 100% pure nonsense, never never to have any meaning taken from it under any circumstances. The Scoogles have gone... He could be dreaming that he's, like, fighting a dragon... And the dragon is Hermione. Or he could yeah. be dreaming he could be dreaming that like him and Hermione are like studying for a test. <laughs> he could be dreaming that an evil clown is holding a gun up to his head and saying, Choose one. He's like, No, kill Hermione, keep laughing. Like, we don't know <laughs> what's going on. We're just assuming things. The reality is he's had like seven close friends outside of his family his entire life, and he named one of them. That's all that's going on, as far as we know. How does Hermione say her name in Potter Puppet Pals? Is it Hermione? Hermione. Is that right? Hermione. I think so. And wait, what is this? Potter, Potter Puppet, Puppet Pals? Pals? Oh, I don't think I've seen. This that, would be like I... the time to throw up an intermission and like literally <laughs> go watch. <laughs> um, well, no, because it's just for the stupidest joke. That Ron's having a dream of Potter Puppet Pals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ron, he's not like, he's not Ron, just like muttering like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> okay, I make myself laugh. Nobody else needs to laugh when I, when I laugh. <laughs> okay, so Hermione starts drawing connections between Ron and Katie's attacks. 
Both of them should have been fatal, but they weren't, and neither one of them reached the person they were intended for. Kids got in the way as collateral damage, unfortunately. <laughs> Children. Well, whoopsie Hogwarts. daisies. Yeah, just Hogwarts is what happens. I, That's I so do, fun. <laughs> I do love that what they're trying to like allude to at this point is the idea of like, well, clearly what's going on here is it's a, someone who's trying to commit murder, but it's doing a sloppy job. You know, like everything that they're going to say eventually. And that's just not in the context. Like the subtext, the context, none of it do actually plays that because they're just two very terrible methods of trying to kill someone. Right? Yeah, like, they're bad. It's just stupid. It's just incredibly dumb. It, they're it's, just... Yeah, they're like they... There was little chance, like there there was a lot of chance of both of those things not reaching their target, and then neither one of them did. Right. It, it sounds like the type Especially of plan- Especially the booze. Yeah, if you told someone this plan and they supported it, I guarantee you they would reply to it with something along the lines of like, well, it's 4D chess. Like, that's the type <laughs> of person who comes up with- You just don't understand. Fun. Yeah, you don't understand how great a plan it. this is. It's too great for you to understand. Anyways, I'm going to write a detective book in a few years. <laughs> uh, That'll go well. In all uh, fairness, why doesn't Voldemort try to kill Slughorn? Like, why isn't he the target? He's the one person who knows the number of Horcruxes he was after. Like, if he killed him, they would have been screwed. It is actually a pretty good point that, like, why wouldn't you, if you're already having him try and kill Dumbledore, why not just throw, if you know Slughorn's at the school at that point, Throw him on the list too, right? Like, who, who would want to kill Slughorn? You don't you know? care about him getting caught. It's clear that part of the punishment is that it's supposed to be an incompletable task. Fucking throw Slughorn on the list too. Listen, <laughs> I think that, okay, so at the very beginning of the book, they go to get Slughorn. He's hiding at a muggle's house. Yeah. And he's like, I have to keep moving every week because the Death Eaters are coming to look for me. They're trying to recruit me. Yeah. And we were like, that's interesting. I guess it makes sense that they would recruit Slughorn. But what if they're not trying to recruit him at all? They're 100% trying to find him because he has that memory. And that's why that's another reason why Dumbledore was like, I got to go get this guy right now. Well, and there's also people that use the tactics of Voldemort. When they say that they're coming to recruit you, it's not an option of join me or not. It's join me or die. Right? Like... The, the reality is they don't want him to be a support for Dumbledore. So what you're saying they might is not coming, know to, the coming to recruit right. them and coming to make sure that he doesn't spread the memory it's, are the same it thing. It can be the same exact thing, exactly. That makes sense. Because either you join us and we don't have to worry about it, or you don't join us and we just kill you. So He's like, I'd rather just not deal with either one of those options. Right. So I'm just, I'm just going to become an armchair. These both <laughs> sound terrible. I'm going to take on the... The, uh, um, that actually makes a lot of sense because then Dumbledore shows up and Slughorn's like, I know what you're doing, but you're kind of nice. And this right. thing that I've been doing has been kind of scary. So yeah. I actually will go with you yeah, because I can use the protection. <laughs> right. Both sides are trying to get this memory from me. Your plan is to send a weepy 16 year old boy at me. Their plan probably <laughs> involves torture. Like... One of these is going to be harder on me than the other, and... That's really funny. <laughs> okay. I have to wait, though. I said okay, but I have... Okay, here, so. pause. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, Can't... 
the general danger that you're in in Hogwarts every year, it compared to the Death Eaters, is kind of like makes it a tough choice. Like, oh my god! Doesn't well, like, would, say exactly where do you have that? more likely likelihood to die? Is it at Hogwarts or is it with the Death Eaters? I don't. Oh know my god! It's an easy thing to define. <laughs> Well, and, and getting back to, like, the story, that's what Hagrid essentially says when he shows up, right? Is like, parents always expect there to be a few fatalities in Hogwarts, <laughs> but oh to God. have it be accidents, huh? Like, it's... Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of parents, enter Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Um, Molly throws herself with gratitude at Harry. Um we, should, we all we all agree that would just be like having a warm weighted blanket thrown at you, right? Like, <laughs> the most pleasurable, um, delightful thing in the world. It would be a good hug. Harry has saved the lives of Ginny, Arthur, and now Ron. Harry's like, oh, uh, oh, that, uh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Harry has <laughs> Harry has unresolved self esteem issues from I'm guessing probably from all of his time at the Dursleys. But yeah, bit. he definitely doesn't know how to take criticism or appreciate or not criticism, but or he definitely compliments. doesn't know how to take, you know, compliments and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I mean. He kind of reminds me in moments like this. He kind of reminds me of my husband, Sean, <laughs> who kind of like never knows what to say. And is just always standing there, like swinging his arms, waiting for you to be done <laughs> with whatever you're doing. <laughs> but the sad thing um, is, is if it, I think Weas Mr. Weasley says something along the lines like, it's a lucky day when Ron sat next to you on the train. And it's just kind of like, if Ron hadn't sat next to him and hadn't gotten to know him, none of this shit would have happened to your family. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you know, I thought about that earlier today and I have to push back on that a little bit because actually they are one of the few families that that's not true for because they were all involved in the order already. So like there is an argument to be made that if Harry just doesn't show up in the world, Jenny does stay locked in the chamber forever. When the snake Whoa. bites uh, bites Ron's dad, Harry is not connected to anyone to actually deliver the message. And then just now, if Ron was the one getting poisoned, Slughorn froze up. So, like, this is actually one of the few times that someone says that to Harry, that it's not actually completely wrong. Oh, my God. Hmm. It is so it is so wild how hard Slughorn freezes up, too. Yeah. I, I just, I can't stop thinking about it because he really is, like... Like an academic, yeah. like he's got the theory. He's not doing any of it. <laughs> like, do not put me under pressure. Do not put me under duress. I do not react quickly. I don't like to handle <laughs> emergent situations. Don't do this to me. He's the just, long bottom. Just give me my box of crystallized pineapple. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Have either of you ever had crystallized pineapple? No. I think I've had like sugared dried pineapple and it was disgusting I've, like regular oh. fresh pineapple is great but i've had dried pineapple too i know what you mean when you say it's disgusting i like it <laughs> but i do know what you mean <laughs> okay so harry hermione and hagrid leave so that the weasleys can stay because of because madame pomfrey's being uh, a stickler about the visitor limit yeah. like that's a thing that matters you only know? six it's super people important. George points out, Hagrid makes six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like he's just so big, she got confused. <laughs> Hagrid is talking about how Dumbledore doesn't know who is doing this, and the Board of Governors will want to shut down the school again. Yeah. Oh, how lame. 
we need to make sure that we find this person. Not for justice or safety, but because I can't let the school get shut down. <laughs> yeah. Hogwarts has to stay open. We can't was, let it close. What are we? I was we? about to say, I was about to say, like, my school's never closed down. But then I remembered the COVID pandemic. And I was, I was like, oh, I guess schools do just close down if something crazy is happening. I'm just imagining Hagrid being like, Oh, come now. We're not going to give in to our fear, are we? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just like all the same talking points as an anti-masker. <laughs> I was oh raised in the South, and schools close down when there's just, like, two flakes of snow in the ground. Yeah. So, yeah. Schools Hell, yeah. Closed. I do want to point out that there's, like, a moment here where Hagrid twists and breaks his crossbow. And it's just like... Oh, really? He ra- I he totally like missed that. Oh, you know what? It happens after he reveals that he's overheard the conversation between Nathan. <laughs> yeah. and you can cut he, he that literally, part out and put it in where it belongs. No, absolutely not. He he literally is like, yeah, I heard Dumbledore is mad at Snape. And then he's like, why did I say that? <laughs> we get the reminder that Hagrid is dumb for no reason. Well, there is a reason, but it's all the way back in book one. And so then he breaks his crossbow in his hand. <laughs> he breaks it in his hands like he's rage quitting with a controller. I mean, it's just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> he's like, they put me so to be funny. in charge of students, Rip. You know, <laughs> I'm an adult that can't control my emotions. <laughs> I pressed A. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I just got a PlayStation 5 today. Damn. Damn. I'm very excited about it. And here she is recording with us. <laughs> what a weirdo. No, I know. Well, because, you know, Sean has to. Mm. He's got a hyper fixate. I don't really want to be there. He asked me a lot of questions about things that I don't care about. <laughs> Just set it up. I'll be back. I'm assuming he's playing it right now. or I'm sure he is. He okay. was like, which game should I play? And I was like, I have to record. Goodbye. I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> if only Sean was more of a stoner, it would be a very obvious answer, which is just swing around on Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it does come with Spider-Man. You get to play heroin hero. <laughs> you never catch <laughs> that dragon. You just keep chasing it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess he doesn't have a crossbow anymore. Because we've heard about his crossbow a lot. And yeah. I think there's just the one. Why would you have two? Don't worry. I'm sure someone else in his party doesn't use theirs. Oh, yeah. Was I stole Haley's crossbow. So, Andrew, in D&D. Uh, we're talking about uh, D&D. Andrew. Okay. Did I break my crossbow? Yes. Or is that you critical and failed I... twice in a row and <gasps> you broke your crossbow? I don't. Okay, so I really have a hard time remembering everything that happens in our D and D sessions. And then I stole <laughs> Haley's crossbow. No, Haley was like, "I don't use my crossbow, but I have one. Take this and toss so she you gave the crossbow." It to me. Yeah, and then I, like, I funnily enough, you then continued to miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been rolling pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say that when you said. You stole Haley's crossbow. I completely took that as a real thing that it's Haley a literal had. Literal in real life thing. <laughs> like, Haley has she a crossbow. Would. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, how's she gonna defend herself in the bog? <laughs> so, I said, um, state your name. <laughs> Haley, are you pro gun? No, but I'm pro something. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hagrid's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And Harry's like, what? What were they? What was he mad about? And Hagrid's like, no, 
I won't tell you. Harry literally <laughs> uses, but you already but told tell me. You. Just keep telling me. Yeah, Harry literally uses the defense of or the uh, uh, charge of, well, you can't blue ball me, Hagrid. Like, come on now. You, you already said it. You yeah. can't do that. That's not cool. And Hagrid's like, you're absolutely right. You're, I'm an you're adult. Right. Let me tell you this whole story that I wasn't supposed to see. So he overheard Snape and Dumbledore arguing near the forest, which like Dumbledore, Snape. How did either one of you not know that Hagrid was super there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, and he overheard them arguing about how perhaps Snape doesn't want to, quote, do it anymore. <laughs> Is this a breakup? <laughs> I've really just not been happy. <laughs> I, I don't think I can do this anymore. Exactly. I feel um, like we are two me's again, and I just don't. <laughs> it's not me. It's it's not me. It's you. <laughs> oh wait, no, hang on. I had that completely backwards. It's not you. It's me. But I think that it would be. I think Snape would be saying it's you though, because of the choices you're making. I don't want to do this because we know that they're talking about the plot for Snape to ultimately kill Dumbledore at the opportune time to save Draco Malfoy's uh, spirit soul. I'm watching Once Upon a Time, and when Snow White does one bad thing, the fucking evil queen takes out her heart and is like, there's a black speck upon it. You're turning evil now. <laughs> That's so pretty we're, extreme. We're, <laughs> it's really like, funny. You could just tell then, her. You don't have to pull my entire Snow heart out. White's like, oh my god, my heart. <laughs> We, we can all agree that, like, Dumbledore is totally the type of person like, Severus, come for a walk with me by the lake. And, like, it's like talking about nothingness, like, and did you know a former headmaster planted that tree? By the way, Severus, when you kill me for Draco Malfoy, <laughs> and just, like, casually bring it up. <laughs> Albus, I'm thinking maybe I don't want to do that anymore. Did you see that Chudley Cannon score that goal in overtime? That was crazy. By the way. <laughs> when it's time for you to kill me, you know, in my life. <laughs> I feel like I'm picturing this conversation by the woods. Like, imagine it filmed. You know how on, like, a reality TV show when two people, like, walk off really hard from, mm-hmm. like, where you're supposed to be so that they can, like, talk and the cameras are, like, chasing them? And the lighting's, like, not always good. Like, that's how I picture is, like, Snape and Dumbledore just, like, walking off into the forest, and the cameras are just, like, running around following them through the trees. <laughs> They're just the oh, Kardashians oh, walking around. <laughs> uh, Where are we on my notes? Okay, so Phil shows up and is like, you're in trouble for being out of bed. And Hagrid's like, bro, I'm literally a teacher. And Phil just, like, I, I disagree <laughs> philosophically, I guess. It's like, he's like, I don't think you're a teacher. And Hagrid's your response title here. Is pro- just because your title is professor doesn't mean you're a teacher. Like, yes, it does. Well, and then Hagrid's it like, don't does. worry, kids. I'll handle this. Slur, 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 slur. slur yeah, slur. it's just like a reminder. Like, let's use a slur here. Oh, now, children, yeah. I will explain to the man. Slur, slur, slur. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Harry and Hermione go back to the common room and wait. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, um, <laughs> corners Harry trying to take Ron's keeper spot in the next match. And Harry 
is kind of distracted. First of all, I like I think I would have been like, are you going to ask me how Ron is? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you going to ask yeah. me if he's like literally Ron's alive right fine. now? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I feel like you're I feel like you're like a sociopath. If you don't know that you're supposed to say, like, is that is there are they OK? How are they doing? OK, well, if you need me to fill their spot, I'm here for you. Hey, hey Cormac, buddy, we're going to go over red flags real quick. OK, let's <laughs> come over here. So a nice little conversation. Yeah, um, he's really annoying. I really just have such a vision of him in my face and like in my brain of his face in my brain. <laughs> and I just like really want to punch it, you know, is like it, I just want to punch it. Is it the actor from the movie? I'm just curious. It's kind of not. I feel like uh, I'm envisioning like this kid and I'm like, where did I know that kid from? He probably like bullied <laughs> me in high school or something. Honestly, another, even though he's sort of like a bit character, like another actor that came in and just kind of crushed you know, a really small role. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. In the movie. Yeah, I mean, he is obnoxious in the movie for sure. <laughs> he like catches the fly with his bare hands, and he's just like, "Yeah, met my chances." You're like, you know, Cormac, I've been meaning to tell you this. There's actually no component of fly catching in the Quidditch game. I don't know how familiar you are with this actual game, but. That, very little of that will transfer. There's He's, not much to it. He tries out for... Oh, no. Maybe that's a movie memory. He tries out for Seeker instead of for Keeper. Cormac? Yeah, I think so. I don't think so because it was the it was Seeker seat was yeah. never uh, like up for... Like, Harry just has Okay, that. maybe um, maybe that's no. like a nothing memory that I have that's just completely wrong. Yeah, you wrong. invented that. You're getting creative. I did, Go yeah. Ahead, we call that a remix. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Mandela's still in jail, isn't he? No. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a passing of time. You know, time is passing, whatever. <laughs> Harry is getting distracted from Quidditch, the only thing he's ever loved, by his new obsession, Draco Malfoy. Oh, it's not his new obsession. He's been obsessed with Draco for five and a half he's- books. I feel like for the first time ever, it's gay, and he is like, I do not care who knows it. Like, I am so obsessed with this guy. I feel like the last time Harry was this obsessed with Malfoy, he was too young for it to be gay, because it was just, they were children. And I feel like it just, like, isn't this intense. I feel like this book, he's like, I only have eyes for Draco Malfoy. Because he's in love. You, I think you're absolutely right, but I think there's also a component where he like needs people to tell him how wrong it is. He has like a kind of a little weird thing there where it's like, I need you to tell me that it's wrong. This love, this attraction that I have for this man. Tell me it's not okay. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the They're fanfic about the, the monster in his chest that purrs whenever Draco no! is the Oh my god. <laughs> Not the beast of Guys, the Guys, it's actually a really cool uh, <laughs> symbology that the author guys, used here. Do you guys think it's a lion <laughs> in his chest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a griffin. Wait, lion? Griffin? Wait, what's the griffin? Uh, part it's eagle. It's a lion, right? Part eagle, part it's, lion? I think. Yeah, it's part no, eagle, part a, lion. No, but Gryffindor yeah. is a lion, right? A Gryffindor a is a student in the Gryffindor house. <laughs> but their mascot, but their mascot is the lion. It's not yeah, a, a Gryffindor lion. Yes. Okay, yes. thanks. Oh, I always okay, thought so it was a lion. A Gryffindor, 
Griffin. It's the stupidest because de- Ra- Ravenclaw well, is a raven, but no, Gryffindor is. I a actually lion. don't. I actually think Ravenclaw is an eagle or an eagle. Yeah, excuse me, excuse me. You're right. Yeah, so yeah, they're both wrong. We're both different for no reason. Because um, remember, I in mean, the movie versions, McGonagall does the whole, th- whole thing about and the men shall pounce like a prince around <laughs> like a male lion or some weird well, ass and, lion like that. Oh, the and, um, weird oh, dancing the dance scene. instruction. Yeah, well, that doesn't have anything to and, do with the houses, though, does it? Well, and um, I think later in this book, shit, or maybe at the beginning of the next book, Ginny makes some joke about someone having asked if Harry had a lion tattoo on his that, chest. Yep. Do you remember that? <laughs> yep. Mm. Um, and Luna wears that lion head piece yeah. thing that she made to game. So it is a lion, um, which is, you could have been a griffin, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, Draco Malfoy. And then, so, Ron's in the hospital wing still. Harry's just, like, living his life, um, and it's hard for him. McLagan keeps trying to talk to him about Quidditch, <laughs> and Lavender <laughs> keeps trying to talk to him about Ron, and he's like, I hate both of you so much. First of all, first of all, it, it's like Lavender seemed rather perturbed that no one thought to tell her that Ron was in the hospital wing. And it's like, oh, do you think she was fucking perturbed by that? I would fucking yeah. lose my mind if my boyfriend was just like MIA and I found out that he got hurt fucking like 18 hours ago and nobody told me. Like, <laughs> fuck that. That's fucked up. Of Harry yeah. and Hermione and the family, like, that's fucked up. Somebody fucking tell me what's going on. <laughs> that, that is clearly them sending a message whether or not they realize it, right? That's like I know, and it's they, so mean. They might as well, like, all be wearing mafia suits and look at her and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I guess the message only got away to the family. Okay. <laughs> like, they might as well just be that direct about it. Like, oh, you wanted this information too? Oh. Sorry. Yeah. Like Lavender yeah. walks in the room and they all just roll their eyes at the same time, like <laughs> <laughs> and sigh. It's very mean. Lavender is doing her best right now. In fact, she's done nothing wrong. Is she cringy? Yeah, yeah. she's fucking sixteen years old. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Of course she's we're all cringy at sixteen. See, yes. Oh, I'm cringy gosh. right now. And if you I'm being cringy proof, right the fuck now. If you need proof of how cringy everyone is at 16, burn before reading. Burn before reading. <laughs> That's my new obsession. I do have to so, ask, why is uh, why is Lavender asking Harry about Ron's feelings? Shouldn't be she be asking like Jenny? Who? You know, mm. like Jenny probably was like here's the thing because Harry doesn't say I don't want to talk about this, please don't talk to me about this. <laughs> but yeah. Jenny probably did. Well, and also there's probably a side of her that assumes that like Ron would be like, Harry, who's been asking about me? <laughs> or like, I guess I was thinking been, about it. Like, like what girl is going to ask her boyfriend's guy friend? About I feel like what I they would. feel. Okay. I, I think she's trying to like win him over by showing how much she's like asking about him and being like, I care for him, Harry. Yeah. Can't you see? By the way, can't like... you tell him how much you like me as your girlfriend now? <laughs> well, I feel like she just is feeling okay. I feel like she's feeling that Ron is like pulling away from her. Like they yes. were, they already like were on the rocks before this happened. And so, like, a dumb bitch will 
will dig her nails in so hard. She's holding like, on to whatever she can. <laughs> yeah. I used to cling to the most disappointing men in in the world. Call that bitch Saran Wrap. That's all she does. Just clings to old food. <laughs> so I think Lavender is just like, uh, no, what if nobody ever wants to kiss me again? What if this is it? What if I peaked? <laughs> Because everything is so intense when you're 16. I've peaked in high school. No. Oh. (laughs) There are so many people who do, and they just don't realize that they have. Yeah. (laughs) Until it's way too late. So sad. Finally, Harry's like, you should talk to Ron Lavender. Um, And then... And then Lavender's like, he's always asleep when I go to visit him. (laughs) And Harry's like, huh, that's weird. He's literally never asleep when I go to visit him. That's so funny. And Harry's like, and you didn't put that. Like, I would understand if I didn't put that together and what it meant, but you can't put that together and what it means. I think she assumes that Ron's always asleep. I don't know. Maybe she's delusional. She's delusional. Yeah. Because let's be honest, by the third time that you go there and he's asleep and it's like 2.30 in the afternoon, you're waking a motherfucker up. Yeah, I I probably would have woken (laughs) him up eventually. But again, I think that's something that as a kid, it's like, oh, I don't know. I probably would have woken up a boyfriend. (laughs) You know, sometimes you don't know how to like touch other people in like a normal way. Well, she didn't have any problems with that earlier, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, just kidding. I think she would lay hands on him for sure. <laughs> she, Lavender, she would try and crawl in bed with him and just like lay there with him. Oh my God. Well, even When I was 16, yeah. I did anything I could to get in my man's bed. Like <laughs> literally at all costs. It was so hard. I was up to the challenge. I've heard that you can study better if you're both staring at the ceiling on a mattress. <laughs> just trying to feel your heartbeat by laying next to you. I mean, we all agree that, like, Lavender is completely showing up, Ron's pretending to be asleep, and then she is crying with, like, the wails of an old washerwoman. No! Like, no! <laughs> no loud enough that, that he could her. not possibly be sleeping, right? Like, at least no. one of the visits that had to happen. <laughs> One time my friend started to regret a, a very consensual one-night stand in the middle of it, and she was like, how do I get out of this? And they had been drinking, so she was like, I'll pretend to fall asleep. <laughs> like, in the middle of it. So she did. So she did. She, like, pretended to fall asleep. And then the guy just, like, shouted in her face until she had no choice but to, to wake back up. <laughs> oh, good. You're awake. He's just there like, hey, come on. We're not done yet. <laughs> like, trying to get an old dog to go outside. Hey, come on. Let's go. Let's go. I already said your name two times. Let's go. One. You need to go pee. Two and a half. Okay. So it's the morning of the Quidditch match. Um, Harry visits Ron. Ron's not allowed to go down to the match. Um, And Harry's like, you need to stop fucking pretending to be sleeping when Lavender comes to visit because she's annoying me. And you can, if you want to dump her, dump her because I can be emotionally mature when I'm talking about other people. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm really good at giving out advice, just not good at taking it. Mm -hmm. In honesty, that's actually growth for Harry. Yeah. uh, Yes. I see a lot of growth for Harry in this book. He's really a man of action. He's man of actioning. Oh, then he man of actions down to the Quidditch pitch. Oh, he almost man of actions himself right back off the Quidditch pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
on the way down to the pitch, Harry encounters Draco with two girls he doesn't know, and he's instantly jealous. Uh, did anyone <laughs> else? I I like the way you said that. I genuinely felt like uneasy with the way that this was written. The way that like the two girls are constantly referred to, not by house, not by age, not by anything other than two girls. Two girls. It's just kind of creepy. Well, they it says they look grumpy. And like they don't want to <laughs> go with them. Like two grumpy girls don't want to hang with Draco, but they are just two grumpy girls. That's what I'm saying. Like it it just sounds weird, man. It just it's not I mean, Harry, I just think, is not even looking at them. He's laser focused on Draco. <laughs> and he's like, who are these fucking skanks? <laughs> are these your whores? So, <laughs> who are they? So are these girls, so that we know from reading the rest of these books. Future. The all spoilers Future. all the time. We know that this is Crab and Goyle and they've taken polyjuice potions so that they can be like subtle. About lurking about together. They have been standing guard for Draco while he's been in the room of requirement repairing the vanishing cabinet. So are these girls from the school, are they like taking out these kids when they are impersonating them and putting them in a closet a la Chamber of Secrets? <laughs> or are these like muggle girls? It's never see that's the thing we don't know because it doesn't ever specify what house they're from if they're from a house it just says no details two girls why do they even need to transform like why can't it just be crab and goyle I think because of like when they're standing in the hallway outside of the room of requirement being crab and goyle is sketchy also yeah, I think the implication is they would get different ones every time right so that they that makes it like even always harder. probably the same two girls. They're probably just two random people that were obtained. And wouldn't Harry have noticed Crab and Goyle standing outside the room of requirement on the Marauders map on I think multiple occasions? I feel like it's. I wonder if it's. <laughs> we don't no, need all I that magical thinking, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> no, listen, listen. I think it. I think it specifically says. Harry noticed Crab and Goyle hanging out without Draco more. I feel like he sees them on the mm. map. They're together. Draco's not there. He does not even look at where they are. Right. But I feel like that's them standing guard. Which even He's, then, when though, they're hanging like, out together. Harry's paranoid. That's like one of his like low key traits throughout his life is he's fairly fucking paranoid. And he's he going to not notice that they are right by the room of requirement every time. He's well, a big dodo brain. He didn't notice Peter Pettigrew sleeping with Ron. Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> Little lump of a boy. Hey, it's not spoken, but when Fred and George gave him that map, they made they made hard eye contact and were like, hmm? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's making <laughs> gestures. It's slightly funnier if you can see the gestures but not that not, much not much at all <laughs> yeah because my logic is like it would be really hard logistically for them to be taking their like peers hairs for this for i've this, always like, found it easy when i was in school it just but then you have to <laughs> while you're impersonating like... them you have to put them somewhere that seems hard and scary and sketchy like, can I yeah. have some of your hair? Like, it's it's very it's very um, Buffalo Billish, you know. Just like oh I, my just, God. I just I need, need some of your hair. just need some of your hair. Can you help? I just need this? one hair. 
Can you help with this van, uh, this couch inside my windowless van? You get into the van <laughs> uh, and pull. And they're like, was she a super fat girl, size 14? And I'm like, oh, I'm a size 14. And then all movie long, they're like, you know, as obese as it gets, size 14. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 90s. It's very funny. <laughs> 90s body standards. I feel like if these were like muggle girls or like random, if they're impersonating random girls, there's like 200 people in the school. Like, I hope Harry would be able to tell if he's never fucking seen these kids before. Yeah. But you don't know. He's a dodo. But it's just two girls. And everyone who Malfoy ever hangs out with is named. It's like Pansy Parkinson with, with her pug face. Oh, the pug face. The, it, always, we can't talk about Pansy Parkinson without talking about how she has a pug face. It's a tongue twister. So Harry gets to the changing rooms late, and Ginny is mad. Watch out. Guys, they're about to make out soon. It's coming. <laughs> it's about to happen. That I scene we're all I looking love, forward to. I love that chapter. Like, the movies have never ruined anything harder, because in the books, oh, that chapter is so, so fun, and it's, like, so random that they kiss. Oh. Maybe I'll do a whole burn before reading episode about that fucking scene. Oh god, <laughs> I could disappear too, and then she just like <laughs> slides and, away. Okay, and here, listen, here, listen. When they, what's her butt? Bonnie. I think it's right. Bonnie Wright. Bonnie Wright. I don't know how I was, know that, but yeah. Bonnie Wright is five nine, which is how tall I am. Daniel Radcliffe is five five. I've dated a five five guy before. You're just taller than him. Like, you're just taller than that guy. <laughs> and, like, I think that these movies try too hard to to make her not look like she's much taller than him. Yeah. Just tuck him into your little boob. Tuck him in, like, a little. <laughs> just, and they'll know, Come in here, you little fucker. Natural. I love you. That's I love organic. You. <laughs> I love you, little fucker. When I was dating Joey, 5'5", five, five, just bring him into the boobies. Was that a Robin Williams live on Broadway? I think reference? that was, yeah, I think that's where that's it came from. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I feel like y'all have a lot of references in common that I'm like not really getting. And I'm just like, it's, ha, the, ha, it's ha. the elder millennial references that I, I, I know for some reason that are just like perfect. Oh, I'm, what a great I also identify as an elder millennial, but perhaps. Well, like I would not, I don't know. Not I wouldn't as identify as an elder millennial, but I know some of the, I know a lot of those references. Right. And it's just, it's like, it's just fun. It's, it's just, just fun. It's just how we communicate. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I've got a friend that's basically, that's all we do is just like mm-hmm. Chappelle show quotes. And, you know, I was talking about this just today at lunch. I had lunch with Haley's bestie, Emma, who is also a walking reference machine. <laughs> And we were talking about that. She's a very good sport because I was like, you're like a walking reference machine. And she's like, that's very interesting. Let's have a conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's funny that it's coming up again. So McLagan starts trying to coach and Harry's like, fuck off. And then he fucks off and Harry's like, but the the thing he said, you should do that, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you fly out of the sun, but don't tell him I said that. Don't tell him I said that. again, like... I'm not I, I not to get too sportsy about it, but that would be the equivalent of going up to someone and being like, a fastball is going to be fast. Like it's the most basic like knowledge <laughs> you could possibly have for that sport is like, hey, you know how the sun is blinding to literally everyone on this planet? 
You should probably <laughs> use that to your advantage. <laughs> that's very funny. Um, that's very funny. But also, moms just say stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, and Harry's like the little mom of his. <laughs> he is of definitely. His crew. Yeah, he's trying to pull that off right now. He's trying to be like the the mom figure, but like. Harry, like, put on your jacket. You, it's cold out there. You can't take care of yourself yet, bud. Like, there's no. <laughs> oh my god, it is so much easier to take care of other people than it is to take care of yourself. That's I, true. Oh, I feel yeah. very strongly. Yeah, you were talking earlier about how like Harry needs to follow his own advice, or like he can give advice but he can't follow it, and it's just like mm. that is completely fair. It's relatable. <laughs> yeah. So it's time for the game. Guess who the new commentator is? <laughs> Fucking Luna. Fantastic. I always forget about this, and then when I reread it, I'm like, oh yeah, well, this is fucking ridiculous. It's so good. I, I will say, this is one of the few times that I will say it's pretty fucking clever, because you could tell that, like, J.K. Rowling did not want to write any more fucking Quidditch matches, oh, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> they were like, well, how, she was like, how can I do this then? I know, I'll take this character that I created in the last book, <laughs> make her be the guest commentator, and then not actually write any Quidditch, and That's then perfect. have a scene where Harry gets hurt. Ha-ha! <laughs> yeah, this really is a cheat. Yeah, yeah. It's a cheat. That's what it is. Because yeah. I was going to say, like, sorry, Jay, that I invited you on for an episode, and it... <laughs> Um, has both Quidditch and house elves in it because that's really mean. But it really it does barely have Quidditch in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so quick. I do. The house elves are serious. Though. I, I do love that Luna's like. There's that new keeper. His name's Bibble Buggins. It's Connor McMichael. And then and then like uh, McGonagall interrupts her. It's like it's Cab Wallader. Oh yeah. And it's funny because. It's funny because um, Luna is amplified and McGonagall is, <laughs> so I do not, I don't think is amplified, yeah. but she like matches her volume, which is very funny. Because yeah. they mentioned that the entire audience laughs and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually really clever. Like if McGonagall and Luna commentated together, that's a good dynamic. That would be so fun. That would be a great <laughs> variety show. Just McGonagall and Luna. She doesn't know anything. Luna Lovegood does not know a single thing about Quidditch, and she doesn't care at all. I, I do feel like if I was trying to commentate sports ball, this is what it would be like. Like, I feel like it's like they're running around. I can't really see. Um. Oh, and there they fly. They're kind of in, like, the middle near sky. She is not. Anyway. She is not taking it seriously at all. It's just... <laughs> It's crazy. It's that scene from the IT crowd where it's just like, that one has passed the ball to that man over there. And then he passed the ball again to another <laughs> player. And then Ed apparently deserved a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then they'd be like, zip, zap, zoop, and they're <laughs> flying around. And they're flying with the brooms and the stuff. <laughs> zip, zap, zippity bat. And McLagan is being annoying, and he's, like, captaining, and he's also trying to show everyone else how to play their positions, and honestly... Not a good idea. Uh, I was thinking about, um, in the murder mystery game that I wrote for the Discord server last month, oh, um, so I fun. feel it, I, I feel like I might have based on the, the character I wrote for Phil off of Cormac McLagan, because I wrote <laughs> him as an intern who, like, very, um, who would try to do everyone's job, like, better than them, but would always fuck it up. <laughs> 
Um, that's kind of what Cormac's doing here. So he's like, that's not how you bludger. Here's how you bludger. And he fucking <laughs> bitch slaps a, a bludger into Harry Potter's <laughs> face. Harry's world goes dark and he wakes up in the hospital wing. It's very surprising. And I think, frankly, very funny. It's fantastic. <laughs> it, it genuinely is good. It's so un unexpected. Um, and then he like opens his eyes and Ron's like, hey, what up? <laughs> so, like, My guy. <laughs> so like, what happens here? Do they have like somebody else play keeper or, or not keeper, but seeker? Do, do, like, is there a, you know, just a an JV empty... squad? Do you know how sometimes you just get like a feeling and then you're <laughs> right and you're like, I'm, I'm psychic. I feel like Ron when they heard that they were bringing someone, when he heard they were bringing someone into the hospital wing, he was like, that's probably Harry. And then it was Harry, and he was like, Well, he was listening I to the match. Knew it. He was listening I to the match, it. right? Fucking nailed it. Oh, shit. You're right. I did so forget that, about that. That's why I think Ron's <laughs> so fine funnier. with the loss, is because he heard like everything going on. First of all, he heard it all through McGonagall and Luna, right? So, like, he's hearing the craziness that is that commentary. And then somehow they start talking about like Cormac McLaggen grabs a beater bat and Ron's like, the fuck you say? And he thinks then, like, yeah, Luna's like, oh, Cormac's grabbed a beater bat. Yeah. Oh, he seems to have knocked Harry unconscious. Yeah, that's a shame. That's Harry's a, shame. a friend of mine. I like look, Harry. He's look, very nice to me. He appears to be falling off his broom, probably to his death. <laughs> oh. Anyways. <laughs> You know, he took me down an adventure last year. And, like, Ron's just sitting there like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then on the way, when they're bringing Harry up to the hospital wing, he's still getting the match, right? Like, while that's going on, he's still hearing, like, and they scored again. And again. And oh, my God. And again. again. But it's all Luna. It's all Luna being like, Luna. and they scored another goal. They so are not they kept nice. they kept playing the game. Yeah. yeah, I hope that someone was like, okay, I'm the seeker now because I don't I mean, think their benches have, have two uh, two depth chart two positions deep of a depth chart. Yeah, that's the thing. There's only the seven kids that are on either house team that's ever talked but about. If you think. If you think about it, though, they have three chasers and uh, having a seeker is kind of important to winning the game. So I feel like you would want to make one of those chasers a seeker. But the chasers are like the goal scorers. Yeah, well, and there's this throwaway line at some point about how there's like 762 rules to Quidditch or something like that. So oh. I'm sure that there's some stupid ass rule about like you can only play one position at any time. So like the Frankie rules of acquisition or something? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like and then, like, I'm sure, like, probably what would happen is fucking Seamus Finnegan or some bullshit would jump in from the stands and be like, oh, I can do it, Harry, and, like, grab a broom and just start flying around in street clothes. That's my <laughs> Okay, so Harry wakes up in the hospital, ring, Ron, hospital wing. Ron is there. The sky is dark. The game's over. He has a fucking cracked skull. He has a cracked skull, but he'll be okay. Yeah, you're fine. You broke your face and your entire head, but you're going to be all right. Don't worry. Yeah, I have a question. In a world where you can, like, staunch, like, fucking cut off limbs in one move and, like, <laughs> people that have terrible, like, broken bones, they can be healed in a second. 
why do you have to stay overnight in a hospital wing with, quote, a turban of bandages over your head? Like, can't you mm. just heal the bone and, like... Because plot. Ta-da? Because plot. Maybe there's brain stuff going on. I mean, I think we talked about this in the Discord, didn't we? I do not remember what we talked about there. There was There's that moment in the chapter where they're learning to disapparate, where I think Susan Bones splinches herself. Mm. And yes. it's like, it's not like seventh book where Ron splinches part of his arm. Her whole ass leg is left it's behind. Just, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. Shouldn't she be bleeding out? Like, horrendously yeah. because yeah. of this? Like Tarantino levels of spurt. Yeah. <laughs> like 300 <laughs> levels of blood spurts. <laughs> like, but it just it's didn't make bleeding. sense. Because... In the in the sixth book, it does seem kind of like maybe it's comical, because mm. because the dude who yes. is teaching them is just like splinching is when random body parts are left behind and it's fine. Like he puts her back together, like she's <laughs> like she's like it's nothing, like she's a yeah. Barbie doll. But then in the seventh movie, or in the seventh book, literally Harry is like, I thought this was kind of comical, but apparently it's not. And it's like apparently it's not. <laughs> Susan Bones lost her leg. Like she's <laughs> fucking mutilated here. Yeah. <laughs> Got a giant scar the rest of her life. Yeah. But she can't all walk. that to say, like, in this crazy ass world of healing of yeah. uh, wounds, yeah. you're telling me that a, a mere baseball to the head causes <laughs> an overnight stay? <laughs> I think the reality is that Madame Pomfrey just heals you and is like, how long do they need a rest from the bullshit that is Hogwarts? I mean... Okay, at least two days. Two days it's going to be for I mean, you. he cracked his skull, and that is what your brain is inside of. And so it's like, okay, I guess keep an eye on that area. Yeah, I mean... Just make sure it's all good. Maybe it really is the fact that you can heal things just with like a wave of your wand, but they have a whole you know, nursing suite and a, a nurse. has <laughs> got to justify the cost like, every year. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, I got to keep my job somehow. I can't. <laughs> These motherfuckers can't know that this shit can be done in like 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I get, get free it. room and board. Too. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> so Ron is cl clearly like kind of happy that McLagan fucked up big time. And Harry tells Ron about running into Malfoy. And I feel like, I feel like Ron gets really close to saying, are you in love with Draco Malfoy? <laughs> Harry, look me in the eye, mate. I need you to tell me. Do you love Malfoy? Are you in love? It's okay. Like, I accept you as you are. Are the colors a little brighter when he's around? <laughs> Does food taste a little taste better? A little better. <laughs> He's like, you're obsessed with this guy, which is something I've only said to like dick sick gal pals. Like you're obsessed with this guy. And Harry's like, so what, bitch? <laughs> I don't know. I have to find out what he's doing. Harry's response is, I wouldn't say that, but if it were the case, it would be okay. <laughs> That's definitely not the situation. But if it were the situation, I think you should be supportive of me. <laughs> so Ron falls asleep and then Harry's like, oh my God, I just had a great idea. Which is when you know that we're about to see a pretty, pretty underbaked idea. <laughs> yeah. 
I just had a great idea, said Harry Potter. Translation, I'm going to commit some felonies. <laughs> I'm about to fuck some shit up. I'm about to fuck around and find out. <laughs> Harry summons Creature, who appears. And as a reminder, the last time we saw Creature, Harry sent him to work in the Hogwarts kitchens. Yeah. And so Creature shows up in the middle of a fisticuffs with Dobby. <laughs> and then Peeves shows up soon after because he was apparently watching the fight. He's like eating popcorn. Peeves is just like, fight! Fight! Yeah. So Dobby is beating up Creature for talking shit about Harry. His master... <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> but Dobby is beating up Creature. And then Ron wakes up and is like, what the fuck is this? Ron wakes up and is like, Harry, I told you, if you make them do this, Hermione's going to be very mad at you. I warned you, you can't have them fight each other. <laughs> So why are elves, like, completely OP versus wizards? Like, they can apparate in and out of Hogwarts. They... I think because of plot reasons. Yeah. I think yeah. because we need we need Harry to have an ally who can do more. But it's not even that they're overpowered. It's like they're, for some reason, they want to be enslaved. It, it's it, it's 100%. It's the, the uh, whatchamacallit, the... the uh... Uh-huh. Sound it out. The uh, bravado, not uh -huh. bravado. Sure. The, uh, yeah, I totally understand. I've had off. trouble with words this entire it's night. It's the uh, audacity, not the audacity, the pompacity, something to that effect of man, Whoa. right? It's the fact that, like, they believe themselves so superior that these abilities that elves have. Audacity, sure. Uh, <laughs> that they believe themselves so superior that they're not even going to think about the elves' ability to teleport, Right. Like, why would that be a threat to them? They're wizards. It's Those are the just hubris. The, the hubris. The hubris of man. That's what the I hubris of man. man. I don't say, you know, like, I do, like, you know, human instead of man. It, it, except for when we're, like, mm. the Negative hubris things. of man. I'm, like, that's men. The hubris of man is about men. That has nothing to do with me. We're talking school shooters. Yeah, those are definitely men. Hey, there's been, like, yeah. three, Okay. There's been like three women, so <laughs> it's definitely both sides. It's it's, both it's an sides. issue of both sides. And there's been three school shootings this today. Jesus. <laughs> like it's you know what the sad thing is? You said that, and I genuinely was like, "Wait, are they? Is that an accurate figure?" <laughs> or it's a is guess, this a joke? Because right. I don't know. At this point, I just don't know. Yeah. Anyways, That's I've really been told cheerful. I'm not allowed That's to talk so, about things so like that. So cheerful and fun. So cheerful and fun of you. On our comedy podcast. Yeah, I yeah. know. Who said it was hilarious? Some people did. Oh my God, there's, um, there's a lot of sirens happening outside my house right now. Uh, can you tell them that to one, please turn them off because we're recording a podcast? That one was urgent. The I first one was less urgent. I literally can't hear it. Zoom's very good at that, but my audacity definitely picks it up, which is why I oh. stopped. So Harry orders Creature to stop fighting and then asks Dobby to stop fighting because he's free and he's Creature's <laughs> master, I guess. Dobby is a free he... elf, sir. <laughs> because and he wishes free. to obey Harry Potter's everywhere. <laughs> but he, yeah. Uh, it's bad. Yeah, so I actually... I just hate every time the elves come up. Like, there's no good way to talk about it. It's just bad. Like, everything's bad about it. I'm sick of talking about them. I wish they would stop showing up. <laughs> That's exactly... No, don't worry. Yeah. It's <laughs> even just with their powers, it's like... 
they completely break everything in the in the universe. So yes, it's like, like stop showing up. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and I know Dobby dies soon and I don't even care, man. What? I've never I've never like really cared that much when Dobby dies. Dobby oh, yeah, dies. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry asked the two elves to tell Malfoy. He's like, I can't stalk my crush, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> and then he prohibits Creature from reaching out to anyone about it. And Creature's like, clever girl. He's <laughs> got all the loopholes. <laughs> Which, like, you know what I would say if I was a house elf who was in that situation and thought of some loopholes? I would look at them and say, Master thought of all the loopholes. <laughs> yeah, so we all just feel really good about the species we subjugate right now. And yeah. we're all just making sure that they have work to keep them busy. <laughs> it's really bad. And I we know it. you like work. We know this gives you skills for later and, you know, later. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to teach you skills so that you can earn money after we're no longer enslaving you. Mm -hmm. Well, couldn't you just stop enslaving me? No. No, that's, no. then you wouldn't learn the skills. Right, that's where you learn the skills. Right. <sighs> okay, well, I'm we glad have to we had this talk. Let's move on. It's great that people from we Florida to... decided the, elves, the rules for elves. <laughs> <laughs> we have to end this chapter on a positive note, so let's all go around. Jay, what was... <laughs> What was your favorite moment in this chapter? Um, oh, God. It's it, probably probably the Dobby and Creature fight. I just kind of, I, I wish that I had been able to see that on screen. And there is a mention where it's like, uh, Creature said that he would do something to Master, but we never found out what it was because Dobby's fist sunk into Creature's mouth and knocked out half of his teeth. <laughs> it's just like... Oh my god! Okay. It's very metal of them. Andrew, what was your favorite moment? Uh, it's gotta be the interaction between McGonagall and uh, Luna, right? Like, <laughs> very I, good. There are not many parts of like Harry Potter that I might still like find a way to source, you know, if it were to come out, but if they made like a two hour long special that was just like three or four fake matches of commentary between those two <laughs> characters, I would absolutely consume that media unabashedly. Like, yeah, I'd probably watch that too. <laughs> that would be worth consuming. Okay. I think my favorite moment in this chapter was the very good, very surprising smash cut to waking up in, in the hospital wing. Wake that was very I'm sorry to say <laughs> it, but it was very good, funny writing. Like it, it yeah. surprised me and it made me LOL. And Absolutely. like Ron thought it was very funny too. And I like that for him. <laughs> Junior has shown a little bit of growth in her ability to write in this book. Uh, also, I'll we, give her don't that. forget that we found out that this, I think it was this book or maybe the last book was the first one with a continuity editor. Yeah. And I think, no, no, wait, I think, I think, I think last book is the first one with a continuity editor and like the editor of the last several books like changed for this book. I feel like you can just really feel it absolutely. because I think that when it comes to like a refined final project, not to toot my own horn, but like the editor, ha it does a lot of work for that. So I feel like I, I feel like you can see where JK spiraled out of control. And then a good editor was like, no, no, come on. We got it. We can do it. Come on Get back. back in here. Come on yeah. back. We're okay. It 
We're gonna it do also this. feels like it might have been the first time that, like, because it's the second, you know, the penultimate book, and everyone's basically like kind of set in motion. And but I'm willing to bet this was the first time that Scholastic or any, you know, Little Brown or any of the publishing companies looked at her and were like, "No, no, no, <laughs> you're going to rewrite this. I don't care who you are. Like, this is this is a multi-billion-dollar property at this point. You." need to do it well you can't be shit <laughs> um another thing is that like the publishers could kind of charge anything for this this was mm-hmm. a 35 dollar book um you know when it, this is deathly hallows whenever that came out which was very expensive back then yeah but they, they could have charged anything and the lower the page count the more money they could make from the sale of the book yeah so i feel like it, it would be in their interest. Andrew, do you know I have a post-it right here that says Andrew on it in Deathly Hallows? Because it's the chapter that I requested the literally, like, third week the f- that we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you made me put a post-it in here. It's into the... Fo- oh, it's The Forest Again is the name of the chapter. I need the one to grab. Were you still gathered and- around the kitchen table, like, shouting at each other? Yeah. <laughs> but literally back in those yeah. days. That's awesome. That I and was the like, post-it I note... The post-it note has a cat bite out of it. <laughs> it's been through some shit, yo. Dante tried to pull me away from when, that chapter. When stuff is like sticking out, they're like, I'm going to bite that. <laughs> that that looks like something with which. So danger to penis owners like, because mm, cats are like, I want that. Yeah. Are you an owner and operator of a penis from 1980? <laughs> so that's the end of the chapter. Jay, is there anything that we missed or any? any i was gonna say favorite moments but i already asked you that just like any final thoughts (laughs) no i had no final thoughts other than it's just kind of a bridge chapter they're wrapping up the second act and i actually looked forward to the a couple of other chapters and there's a lot of wrap-up that they do they have like the death of aragog and the hiding of the book and then finally we get to like horcruxes which is kind of like kicks off the horcruxes yeah yeah, that's awesome. We are gearing up. This was a bit of a miscellaneous chapter. It almost had Quidditch in it. Um, <laughs> it had it had elves, which I didn't like, but it was a little funny. Like, it was just very random. So I'm grateful that you got to come on this episode, Jay, because I feel like we got some good tangents in there. And, even, like, I feel like this episode was a little bit chaotic, kind of like the chapter. But in the end, you're like, that was fun. Chaotic is the energy that I need in my life. So I'm yeah. good with it. Hell Yeah. Andrew, any final thoughts about the chapter? Nah. <laughs> Andrew's like, I'm just glad that it's over. <laughs> We're done yeah. here. We can move. And I just I, smoking like I said, a cigarette, not, just like war is uh, hell. <laughs> it's not that it was a terrible chapter, but it really wasn't. But it just, like I said, it's clearly I've got four or five strands of plot here. Oh no, I kind of need to pull them all together. So we're just gonna yeah. hit, 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 and like you know tie him into a knot essentially and it's not yeah. eloquent it's not really like well done it's just it just kind of is yeah, yeah I feel you. it's it, inelegant you know, it's not even really necessary for him to have the moment with the elves to say like i need you to tail Dra- draco malfoy because ultimately it doesn't really lead to anything yeah i guess you're right it we need to remind we need a reminder that we love dobby before the next book <sighs> yeah and yet he would do anything for Harry Potter, sir. Yep. Um, my final thought about the chapter is I really enjoy Cormac McLaggen as a character. <laughs> I think he's, like, very fun and obnoxious. 
as a character. You know, if I knew him in if I knew him in real life, absolutely oh, not. Fuck no. But he's very funny. I think it's fun that he's like the great unifier of Harry, Ron, and Hermione right now. Like they all hate him so fucking much, and he's just like involved always for some reason. I want a chapter where they just sit around and talk shit about McLagan. Like, there's literally nothing else. I want to know, like, what he would be saying to the confession cam. (laughs) Again, if this was a reality TV show. He would be saying, guys, I killed it today. Everyone loves me. This is the greatest decision I ever made. He would absolutely lie. About so then everything. I showed up and I started teaching them about Quidditch. And y'all, they were so happy. No. They were like, Cormac, thank you for teaching Quidditch. You're Please don't best. do it too hard. And then I was like, Hermione, I want to fuck. And she was like, I'd like to fuck you too, but not right now. And I was like, that works for wow. me. When we landed after the Quidditch match was done, the other team was like, hey, could you give us some pointers? Because you're just awesome, man. And I was like, yeah, fly out of the sun. <laughs> and they were like, what? And I was like, No, yeah. no. Nope. Leave your joke. You landed the joke. You got to laugh. You end it there. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to end it there. Let's move on to plugs. Jay, do you want people to find you on the internet? People can, are welcome to find me on the internet, but I don't do much there. Um, <laughs> I am Lord of the Chain Rings underscores in between all of the words on Instagram. Is that, um, can, can I ask you like what it, uh, what's your username Chain smokers about? and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Lord of the Rings. Lord that, of the Rings, obviously. Uh, yeah. Lord of the chain rings. So like the front, uh, gears on a bicycle are chain rings. So oh, that's where I got that. And I'm a, I'm a big, uh, bicycling fan. That is a very, very good username then. Like that's really solid. <laughs> I'm really glad I asked. <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and um, TikTok. I have like two videos on TikTok, but they're both of my dog, and he's awesome. Yeah, so that's 100 good. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, otherwise, no, I'm not really super active. I'm trying to like tune down on Facebook. Do and, less, but yeah, yeah, crap like that. But Hell you can yeah. find me on the Discord. I am definitely in the Discord. Woo, for as little as a dollar a month, you too could be friends with Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is something that you've been reading or watching or listening to or playing lately that you think the listeners would enjoy? Uh, I want to plug a game called Stray. It's a game where you are a stray cat. Oh, that sounds terribly sad. (laughs) It does actually have some some sad moments, but it's, it's at the same time, it's got... You know, it's got a ton of things that are like heartwarming moments and stuff like that. It's think about Untitled Goose Game, but with a cat. Mm. I love Untitled yeah. Goose Game. <laughs> it's... it's so silly. Wait, <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. I went. I was on a run today, and I in the park next to my house, and the go- the geese there are a gang, and they really <laughs> scare me. And I went so far out of my way because they were like spread over like a gray area, and I was like, I'm. I tried to go through them and I got too scared and I backed they away just, and I went around. They're them. like spreading their wings and they're just like honk, honk. <laughs> you want to fuck with us? No, um, it's a little bit. It's a little bit more um, directed than that. Like there are specific things that you have to do to move the story forward, but it's basically you are a stray cat. You are lost in this city, trying to find your way out, and Aww. there are like these. 
instead of humans, there are like robots around that you are kind of picking up the history of the city from, and they they will help you out and various things. And um, huh. it's got this. It, it's it's lit- you are you are a cat like you are. It's okay. not like an anthropomorphic cat. You are a cat on four legs. So all of the environments and all the puzzles are designed for that. Like one of the early puzzles in the game, you the only way to go forward is you have to go down into this room through a skylight. So you have to jump up on the ledge and there's a paint can up there and, the ca- and you as the cat are just like, boop. <laughs> like, yeah, like, do, you know, you doing like the knock, cat yeah. nudge. <laughs> yeah, you have to knock it down and break the window. That's wonderful. I feel like that uh, game would be amazing in VR. Right, like first person <laughs> point of view as the cat. Yeah, that's yeah like you're way that's down fun. low. But yeah, that's basically what awesome. it is. And it's got this cool like electronic ambience type soundtrack that's really vibey and really mm. chill. It's it's sort oh, of like yeah. it's sort of like Half Life Two, but not like spooky ambiance. It's just like chill ambiance. So hmm. awesome! Yeah. Thanks so much for that recommendation, sure. Andrew. What are you plugging this week? I literally had it. And then it like flew out of my head as soon as well, you said those words. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate. Oh, are you playing Baldur's we, Gate? Too? I'm really glad we waited for that. That Baldur's was really Gate a three. unique I, uh, plug. I I have been playing it, and it. You know, I, I forgot where I read it, but someone somewhere somewhere someone made a comment to the effect of like. Do you want to play D and D, but your friends are already in a D and D group with you? Well, then let me give you an option. And I was Andrew, like, "That's so funny. That's, that's really perfect funny. for yeah. me." Yeah, I, um, so I've been playing fantastic. it too, so I I love it. Yeah, I'm gonna play it too because we just got our PlayStation Five today, and I have it on PlayStation Five. So if you ever want a multiplayer. Oh my god! Yeah. Wait, first let me figure out how the controller works. That's perfectly fine. I just got it. That's perfectly fine. I really enjoy it. It's super fun, but it's bringing out like my worst D&D qualities as well, <laughs> because I will get mad at the computer for like making an incredibly difficult fight that doesn't seem fair to me. And so the way uh. that I deal with that is every once in a while, I'll just like make a save file and be like, well, I'm going to make it work and like go through and like individual turns be like F5 because in on a uh, computer, it's F5 to quick save and then F8 to quick load. Yeah. So it's like quick save, do the turn. Oh, I didn't hit quick load. Oh, I didn't hit quick load. Oh, I didn't hit. And I have like spitefully beaten at least two major encounters yeah. by like just forcing my luck. <laughs> you know, as you're playing, I think it's start and then triangle is quick save on the PlayStation mm-hmm. 5. You'll need it. Don't forget it. Yeah. <laughs> it's critical information. But highly recommend it. Super fun. Even though I get super pissed at it. Well, great. That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week I'm going to plug the... Uh, <laughs> the Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Huh. Crushed it. It's a bit of a hard title. It um, it's a... <laughs> It's like if you wish your book was one very heartfelt season of a workplace comedy spe- sp- uh, set on a spaceship, then this is that book. There's no plot, but it's like it's like little scenes, and Vignettes. they're very good. 
Yeah, they're vignettes. I love that description. And, um, yeah, Zach picked it for our book club this month. Um, you you two can fucking join the book club if you're just come to the Discord like I told you to. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I had a really good time with it, so I recommend it. Nice. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for asking me to be here. It was such a pleasure. I'd love to come back anytime. Hell yeah. I love talking about Harry Potter with, you know, with people where you're like, you get it. <laughs> you're not going to judge me. Oh my God. Right I was in, um, I was, I visited Zach and Alex last weekend and I was in their local bookstore with them and I was just up. Uh, browsing the books and i knew alex was like talk she knows the store owner she does a book club there too so she was like chit-chatting with them and i heard her go well her my friend christina has a harry potter podcast and i was like don't tell people oh. that don't <laughs> this do is that. the Let's real world wait stop a minute. it wait a minute that Why cannot not? <laughs> that cannot be my first impression you cannot do this to <laughs> okay, me. okay 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 i have a literature podcast I have a writing <laughs> podcast. You have three literature podcasts, podcasts on my list. <laughs> you have Burn Before Reading. You have How Do I Book and the Restricted Section. Like, yeah. Geez. Yeah, I guess I just like reading. I just like <laughs> reading so much. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Um, well, that's the end of the episode. That's it. That's the end. We did We're it. Of stuff to say. Yeah. And so that's going to be it. Bum, 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 bum. I'm going to go sing I'm a Survivor myself for the next 10 minutes <laughs> as I. For 10 for minutes? That can't be more than a three minute song. Oh, I do repeats. And then I have certain sections <laughs> that I'll go back and focus on, you know. That's it, Potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. I'm Christina Kahn. And I'm Leela Hilton. And this is Burn Before Reading. The podcast about shitterature. We're here to examine the terrible writing we did when we were younger. Uh, like that school project you were really proud of. Or that poem you wrote when you got dumb. Well, how about that apology letter you wrote to your mom when you got into that fight? Or the song you recorded before you knew how to write music. Okay, don't at me. <laughs> and we're here to talk about other cringy literary topics along the way. Like the Library of Alexandria. And Dewey Decimal. His name was Melville. Melville Dewey. Oh, well, do we want to get the clips rolling? I don't think I ever recovered from this in terms of being cool. Why did I say any of this? I do like the drama. So there is actually quite a bit to unpack here. Oh, all this drama was so addictive as a teenager. There's no punctuation to it. I'll start with that. I actually have no memory of this. There were so many, so many lies that I was telling. It's not terrible. No one like really taught me how to write a good short story. That was a journey. Listen to Burn Before Reading every Wednesday, wherever pods are cast. 
Um, I'm going to ask your pronouns. I'm going to ask you to tell us about um, your Harry Potter history. I'm going to sure. ask... Whoa, try, I tried typing pronouns to remind myself, and I just got out porn. And then I looked up, and I was like... Oh, Tell me about your that's porn. Not, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> In detail. Tina, please don't ask me about my porn. I really <laughs> tell me all about your porn. <laughs> it's a very touchy subject. It was a wild four years of my life. Four? 